And it's funny when I, when I particularly heard the comment of like this, this sounds a little desperate and it wasn't meant as a compliment. That's when I was like, okay, then I think the song is ready. <laughs> then I think it's important that this one is released. <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 111 of the Between You and Me podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at JesusWide.com, your number one source for Christian music news, reviews, and interviews. It is a great day because Christmas has happened. You survived it or you thrived. Either one's great. The new year is coming. Hooray, we get to leave 2020 and 2021 behind us. Yes. And... The other reason it's a great day is because, well, you've got a new episode here with the one and only Mariah Smallbone. Let me rewind. Hi, my name is Jessica Morris. I'm an Aussie music journalist, and this is a podcast between you and me, the place where we talk to music makers about the things that hurt, heal, and change us in church culture. I believe that by having honest conversations and telling true stories, we can heal, we can reconcile, and we can overcome our differences. Now, I see that so clearly in Mariah Smallbone. She is such an accomplished Christian musician. She has worked as a soloist. She's worked in a band. Um, People know her these days somewhat for being married to Joel Smallbone, who's a member of For King and Country. But Mariah was an established musician before they took off, and she is still a powerhouse now. So you don't really define her by that. You just sort of say, yeah, Joel's her husband, and he actually duets on her latest EP, which we're talking about today. That's right, I'm talking to Mariah about her EP Live from the Quarry. Now, longtime friends of the podcast will remember an earlier episode with Mariah where we talked about her transition into sort of releasing and producing and writing her own music, rediscovering herself through COVID, really battling with some internal scars and finding healing in God. Well, Live from the Quarry, her EP, is a result of that process. So I was thrilled when I could finally interview her about it and talk about these beautiful, beautiful, honest, powerful songs. Now, What I do love about Mariah is that she is so purposeful with everything she does. So not only has she written and produced all these tracks herself, but in the creation of this EP, she's really like hand-selected strong females of different backgrounds. Um, So you'll actually see in like the live performance of it, people from different backgrounds coming together to show that a powerful woman looks and sounds different. And we can all support each other. One of my favorite parts of this episode was also when Mariah talked a little bit about her Mexican-American heritage and what it actually means that she can now be a role model for other young Mexican-American girls out there. You guys know that I I love to celebrate strong women. I'm a strong woman. I I love that there is finally, there is finally, we're getting some room in Christian music to celebrate this. And there's lots of pushing back. But um, Mariah is not letting anyone stop her, even when they tell her that her music is possibly too emotional, which, I mean, can a music be too emotional? Isn't that the point of music? 
There's not much of a bio today, a short update on the life and times of Mariah Smallbone because we've previously interviewed her. Then we're going to dive straight into this interview and you're going to hear some of the music from her new EP, Live from the Quarry. Mariah is a Mexican-American Christian recording artist and she has just released her new EP and visual album titled Live from the Quarry. Mariah is passionate about expanding women's roles and creativity behind the scenes and she actually not only wrote and produced the entire record but produced and choreographed the accompanying visual album which was recorded live at Greystone Quarry in Nashville, Tennessee. Mariah also hired women of diverse cultural backgrounds to work alongside her on this project, which I just love. Now this EP is made up of honest and transparent lyrics, and the American Idol alumni drew inspiration for the album from her own personal experiences with friendship, faith, personal insecurities and worth. Following a heart-wrenching betrayal at the end of 2019, Mariah took to the woods to be alone with God and create. As she shared in our earlier podcast, she was deeply hurt by a close friend. And as she now recounts in publicity for this EP, her sadness turned to rage and it took her to a dark place while she was in quarantine. She prayed for justice. She prayed that she would be able to overpower. And she thought that if she could get answers, she would feel better, but she couldn't. Through all this, the only thing that helped her was knowing that she was seen and loved by God. As she says, even in my bitterness and my unresolved frustrations, I held onto that promise until forgiveness found me. Now, while Mariah is a very accomplished musician, we have seen her release her debut album in 2014, Brave, a wonderful pop album. She has done work with a band called Trella. She has released an e-magazine called Leading Lady. She co-hosted the Becoming Us podcast with her husband, Joel Smallbone. But life from the quarry is a really big mark in Mariah's life. You see, Mariah had never fully written a song by herself on her own, which is why as she braves this new world, her new EP centers on contentment. Dropping the lead single, Known, Seen, Loved in September, it was followed by Trust and the third song, Worse, featuring Joel Smallbone, who's her husband and also a member of the Grammy award-winning band for King Country. I spoke to Mariah about the genesis of this new season in her life, why she chose to record and share live from the quarry and what it means to stand your ground and be fiercely vulnerable and even desperate in Christian music. Sit down and enjoy this conversation, my friends. This is Mariah. Hi guys, it's Jessie from Jesus Wired and I'm delighted today to be here with Mariah. Hi Mariah, how are you? Hi, I'm good to see, I'm so just so happy to see you. Like I was saying before, it's like, it's one thing to hear someone's voice, but when you get to match it to a visual, I just, you are every bit as kind and wonderful in your, in, in your presentation as you are uh, in your voice. So I'm just glad this is happening. This is just like full of warm fuzzies. I'm really enjoying this. It's slightly like group therapy or catch up with coffee. I'm good with that. <laughs> yes. So I start every interview by asking the question, well, asking someone to describe himself. People know who you are. So what I want to know is how is Mariah in 2021 mm. different from Mariah in January 2020? 
Oh my gosh. Ooh. Okay. I feel like I'm going to have to create a certain scenario in order to play this out. Um, because I think it's, <laughs> I have to visualize 2019 Mariah and 2021 Mariah having a conversation. Can we do that? Can we do it that way? Yes. Okay. I have to, I have to get into character. So I think if, if, if 2019 Mariah were to walk up to 2021 Mariah and say, Hey, how's it going? 2021 Mariah would say much better than how you're going. (laughs) That would be, that would be the first statement. Um, and then, uh, I would say, but that's okay because what you're walking through right now is going to serve a very unique purpose and all of the pain and the confusion and the questions are going to play a significant role in how you serve, love, and protect the creatives around you in 2021 and scene. (laughs) That was an amazing scene. I loved it. I couldn't have scripted that. Thank you. That was excellent. I love that. Oh, thank you. Your, so your new EP is live from the quarry. Um, mm. It is your first official music release in seven-ish years, um, which is a really big deal and a really big deal that you chose. You handpicked these three songs and put them onto a live, a live EP. So can you tell me how this EP came about and what it means to you, if you can nail that down? Yeah. Thank you for that question. Uh, by the way, is, do you, do you have people call you Jess, Jessica, Jesse? You actually, sorry, people never ask me that. You can call me Jess or Jessica. Either's fine. Okay. Yeah. Jessica. I will go with Jessica. <laughs> I know, I know Australians like add like the IE to everything. So it was like, is it like. So true. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm good with Jessica. Okay. That's good. Thanks. Okay. Jessica, um, thank you for that question. I, I think, um, you know, thinking about where I was when I was writing the the songs and where I'm at now as they're releasing or already released. Um, sometimes I, I tend to look at the beginning and the end of something in order to fully comprehend like the fullness of it. And when I first started writing these songs, I wrote them without any intention of sharing them with people, <laughs> with, with the general population. I mean, I, I, I knew that there would probably be a chance that I would share them with my husband or my parents or, you know, my siblings. But I think writing in that way was very refreshing and healing to me because I had never the last time I wrote a song just for myself was probably in sixth grade. And I was writing about, you know, jumping in a pool, you know, (laughs) it's like such a different way to approach songwriting. Um, And it wasn't even like a mind trick I was trying to play on myself of like, we'll just write this for you. And then, 
you know, whenever you put it out, it'll really be personal. It was genuinely like, I, I just need to write to cope and to experience my own therapy so I can heal. And so fast forward to today, releasing this music and sharing it with people um, and then hearing their responses, you know, the feedback that I'm hearing it's you it's really unique to these songs because I've released music for a long time. I mean, even though the last time I released music in this particular space was my brave record years ago, um, in between that and today, I released um, an EP and several singles for a band called Trala. And so I've been releasing content for a long time. And so you, you kind of start to each project gets a unique response, but this response was really special to me because I think people could, could hear the tone in my voice when I'm singing the words, you know, I've, I've, I'm running low on energy or like, uh, I let go of my life. I need to free fall before I fly. You know, like when, when you hear words, like I need to know that I'm known, seen and loved, that's, that stuff is like heart cry stuff. And, and when I had shared, when I started to share the music a little bit wider, when we started to talk about, okay, should this music and really the, the straw that broke the camel's back was my mentor coming to me and saying, Hey, this music needs to be given to other people and given away because other people need therapy to heal from their heartbreak as well. And this song, these songs can help. And so that made me realize, okay, I probably need to be a little bit more selfless in this process. Um, But in, in preparing to, you know, choose which songs to share, like there wasn't, there wasn't, you know, this super, gung-ho response from some industry people, you know, people who, who live and breathe like the Christian music space. A lot of them were just like, this is a little too desperate. This lyric is a little too personal. This is a little too, you know, honest. And, um, and it's funny when I, when I particularly heard the comment of like this, this sounds a little desperate and it wasn't meant as a compliment that's when I was like, okay, then I think the song is ready. (laughs) Then I think it's important that this one is released. (laughs) Known to be understood until the soul becomes like calm waters, endless and pure, seen It's more than perception, it's awareness. When God's eye is surely on his beloved, loved, deep affection, sacrifice, infinite. When no darkness, no doubt, and no deed can penetrate the sure and strong hand of covering over your life. This is known, seen, loved. A journey out of my heart into your heart. I've been working so hard to find a moment's peace Breaking walls to earn it, getting no relief I thought I wanted answers, I thought I wanted healing But what I need most 
Yes. Oh my gosh, that's what that's the type of music that the world needs. And for what it's worth, when I was listening to the songs, the so I connect related to all of them in different ways. But the lyric that got me the most was letting go of ego. And it was that that comment amidst your own heartbreak and pain and trying to grapple with forgiveness and acknowledging that something had been done wrong to you, that you were grappling with your own ego. I related to that so much because that's mm. even in the last year and a half, we've all had to acknowledge our own egos because our families and our world has become so divided and the church has become so divided. And even your self-awareness of that mm. for me is really profound. And I am I'm grateful for that in music because that's, I mean, for me, when people want honest music, that's what they listen to. That's I don't know, that's not desperate for me. That's just honest. That's why, like, I I, I mean, you t- we talked a bit about it at the start before we recorded, and you're like, oh, you probably hear lots of different things in Christian music, um, and you've been part of Christian music much longer than I have. But it, mm. it's that constant battle of going, I love the idea of this, and there are certain songs and artists that I'm like, yes, right, drive that home. But there are other ones where I'm like, it doesn't quite feel right, and that's because mm. the product we're selling is isn't always fully authentic or people don't want that and so the fact that you're giving that even in the face of rejection is really really Mm. cool um that turned into a mini ted talk sermon it wasn't meant to do that but i was just really excited by it because i i related to that as a woman and i know that there are going to be so many other women who who are similar to us and who are even like on the outskirts of the church who will see that and hear that and be like, there's a place for me here. And you as, an, as a Mexican-American woman, you're, you're, you're paving the way to do that by nearly taking on that criticism before it becomes acceptable and normal, which is really, really powerful and really cool. Um, mm. So that's just, that wasn't even a question, but thank you. That's mm. so important. Uh, <laughs> I would listen to you give a TED Talk any day. <laughs> um this is this is probably a really poor question is there a track from the ep that stands out to you today that's like today this is my song hmm i think each song resonates at a different frequency based on the environment that i'm in and the people that i'm with so for example you know i I can listen to known scene loved with my husband and he's like, Oh my gosh, I love the production or I love that what Garrett decided to play on percussion or, um, and that is like how I experienced the song. But then I could listen to the song with my dad and, and my dad um, will get really emotional when he hears that song because he knows that um, in the very first demo and very first version of that song, I recorded it um, after and read it, wrote wrote it after he had shared a story about his mother who um, was abused. So like he'll, he'll hear it in that way and then I'll experience it knowing that backstory. And then a couple weeks ago, I was, I was invited to lead worship for a summit in DC um, for 
people who work in legislation and in combating human trafficking. And um, I mean, these are some of the most resilient men and women that I've ever met to have survived that kind of industry and then commit your life to other survivors finding healing and rehabilitation. I mean, it's incredible. So I, I played the song at the request of the retreat leader and, um, and I played known scene loved on guitar, which I've never done before. I had to learn it and just playing it in that room. Um, it meant something completely different. You know, all of a sudden it, it really resonated at the level of even if there is justice, even if there is equal opportunity, even if your captor is convicted of a crime, you know, all of these things can happen. You could be restored power wise, you know, health wise, money wise, all these things. But if at the very root you do not believe that you are known, seen, and loved by by your creator. Is any of it worth it? You know, so so many of these survivors, they have actually survived because they take the time to forgive and and let go of their egos and believe that they are known, seen, and loved by God. So it just it depends on the environment, it depends on the people. Yeah. That's an amazing story. I'm so glad that you could share that song with them. Wow. Oh, yeah. It was, be it, was, it was hard. To, it was hard to sing it in the moment. I will say it was, it was, um, it was difficult to sing those words in a room like that with such inspiring people. I will strengthen myself by trusting in you. I will strengthen myself So I know you wrote all of these tracks and you produced them all, which is so exciting because when we spoke last time, you mentioned that you were just getting started on that track. Um, So does your music take on a new meaning or maybe even just a deeper or a more appreciation for it when you are part of the entire creative process and basically you get the final say-so on the final song? Does that change how you feel about your music or your appreciation for it in any way? Um, I think if anything, it changes my connection to the songs. Um, I, I appreciate a track that a friend has produced just as much as I appreciate something that I've produced. I, I don't think, I think that my work is any better than anyone else's. In fact, I think I have a lot to learn and for people who have been producing for a decade, you know, I'm, I've got a lot of work to do and, and, um, and I'm constantly learning. Um, I, 
I will say in producing all of these songs, um, there's such a beauty to interpretation. Um, because when I first produced these demos, I, I heard them in a very specific way. So the versions that are out right now, the live versions, I had sent them to my neighbor who was also the music director for the live from the quarry um, performance. His name is Todd. Um, we've led worship together at church before. He's just a really trustworthy, amazing man. Um, and his wife is like my best friend. Um, so I sent him all the demos and said, can you put together a band and can you music direct and can you create the live versions of these songs? So, um, I love his interpretation. I love each musician's unique interpretation. Um, and it's very different than how I had originally produced it. Trust, for example, is a super up-tempo production and very like kind of aggressive. <laughs> and then um, when Todd had sent back the live arrangement, it was like this like slow backbeat halftime groove song. And I was like, okay, this is not how I originally imagined it, but I love it for the live setting. It's perfect. So, um, I, I think just my connection to, to the song is different. When I hear the original production, I think of like all the hours spent in a cabin and like my home office and my studio you know, tweaking the production and doing different versions and just spending hours being alone, trying to set reminders to get up and pee and drink water and eat because I just was getting in such a zone. Um, and then when I hear the live versions, I think of how wonderful that live recording was at the quarry. Um, so my, my connection to it is a little bit unique. That makes a lot of sense. I know that you have mm. to run to another interview. Um, so my last question uh, is that if there was um, a young musician or an upcoming musician listening to this who was mm -hmm. so excited to finally see themselves represented or, or to finally identify with someone in Christian music and they were hesitant about putting their hand up or being vulnerable for fear of sound desperate, what would you say to them? That's so good. That's so good. Um, and I, I don't say this to everyone, Jess, because I so, um, you know, typically an interview is right there. It's back to back, but I so enjoy our conversations that if you wanted to ask another question afterward, I have a little so bit of extra nice. time. So you are welcome to, <laughs> um, I, you know, to, to answer your question though, um, I think when it comes to creating, we have to remember that it's a calling more so than a career. Um, it's very non-traditional. It's very unconventional. If you feel called to a, a, a life in songwriting or production, I mean, know that you are doing it for more than, um, accolades, um, success, money, any of that stuff. It's first and foremost, a calling and, and it, sh it's not always the case, but it can be a really enjoyable process. <laughs> like I know, I know songwriting and I know, I know the production process and the promotion process and, and, some people don't enjoy interviews as much as I do. You know, it, it, it's not, it's not all, uh, as my Aussie 
father-in-law would say, it's not always beer and Skittles. Um, so I, I get that. I, apparently people from uh, Toowoomba, Australia say that. Um, but uh, I think sometimes it's easy to confuse our calling as songwriters for a career. And um, it, it's important to be structured and disciplined and to treat it as you would any other job, but also to remember to have fun and to have an authentic experience when you're working on lyrics. And, um, you know, it, it, that producer, after hearing Known Seen Loved, said that it was desperate. But at the same time, I played it for a friend and her mom, and they both cried at the end and said, it sounds so desperate and it's exactly what I needed to hear. And so if you're, if you're doing what God calls you to do and you're writing what God calls you to say, and you truly believe what it is that you're saying, then it doesn't matter if people say it's trash or it's genius, you know, you, you, you kind of come back to this place of like, well, I, I co-created that in a moment where I was receiving as much from it as I was giving. Um, and, and I think there's, it puts us in our proper place of knowing that we serve uh, a God who is far more creative and far more innovative, um, than we are on our own. Tell me your promise, remind me of how You'll never leave me, you won't fail me now Cause you break through storm and you show me your Love was always here Then you pull me close and you let me know remembering that as well just for even my writing and communications thank you that was really really good thank you um okay my extra last question which I'm going to change extra on last the spot from my page um let, let me ask when you were growing up and mm. you were listening to Christian music if you listen to Christian music who were the artists that you really identified with because I know mm. now that you've actually become that artist for lots of other people. So who, who were the people who really inspired you or made you want to enter Christian music aside from secular music? Mm. That's really good. Um, so I didn't really listen to Christian music growing up, to be honest. Um, I My dad is... Uh, he He's a retired judge now, but he was a judge and he grew up 
you know, playing the bass and was very into funk and jazz and is a true snob of a musician. Um, So he, he actually didn't allow me to listen to anything that wasn't incredibly musically complex. (laughs) So I grew up listening to a lot of you know, Al Jarreau, Stevie Wonder, Earth, Wind and Fire, Shaka Khan, Sade, um, Steely Dan, just, you know, kind of just, I, I guess it's not like the coolest thing now, <laughs> but, but growing up, that was my world. And, and I actually, I take it back. I think it's cooler than ever. I think their music is, is still relevant and poignant and, and, um, and connecting even today. Um, and so really it, it wasn't until I was introduced to an artist named Selena. Um, and I think Jackie Velasquez was around the same time. Um, and she was probably the only Christian artist that I was exposed to. Um, and that was mainly cause she sung in Spanish and I bet my parents just really wanted me to like learn Spanish. Um, but she, I mean, she had some beautiful songs as well, but so there was something about seeing Selena, um, as, as a, um, Mexican American woman. Um, I think I just, sometimes you cannot be what you cannot see. And I think I needed to really see, um, that, that someone like me could be in a a position where they're singing and writing and sharing music with other people for that seed to be planted. Um, but the truth is I never, I never planned to be a musician. I never planned to be a recording artist or anything like that. Um, I, I really have always loved the world of academia. And so I, wanted to become a lawyer. I had started a pre-law program um, at a university out in California right before moving to Nashville and putting all of that on pause. So um, yeah, I I never, I I have friends who are musicians who like all they ever wanted to do was be a worship leader or a singer or an artist. And I can't relate to that. Um, But, but I think that that's something that I used to be. I I think that's something that I thought used to be a detriment or a weakness, but I actually think it's a strength because now when I step into environments where I'm leading worship or I am singing or um, playing an instrument, I I don't find my identity in that thing. Um, I, if anything, I have to really push myself to, you know, sing or lead worship or be in an environment where I am, you know, serving people with my voice because it's not, it's not natural to me. I get stage fright. I still struggle with stage fright. Um, and so, and so when I step into those spaces, um, I, I don't perform, I can't perform. I, I just, I try my very best to be as honest in the moment as I can be. And sometimes that looks it's like, you know, telling people it's hard for me to sing. So I'm going to need you to sing this instead and just turning the mic around or like, you know, some of my favorite moments have been, have been in times where I just feel completely out of my depth. Um, but that, you know, that being said, I, I, I appreciate your encouragement, even at the beginning of this call, um, 
about about my heritage. You know, we're we're at the tail end of Hispanic Heritage Month, and um, something I've been considering in this time is the presence of um, Hispanics, particularly Hispanic women, in this space, um, in the genre of faith music, and and I I want to see more of it. I want to see more. Um, more artists leaning into spaces where they might be underrepresented. And that means being prepared to step into rooms where you're the only one um, and, and being okay with that. Um, it's, it's interesting. We, my friend and I were just doing um, a research paper and, and we found that I think there was a Pew research survey that said that 75% of Hispanics in the United States believe that most people can get ahead if they work hard. And that's compared to only 58% of the general public. And so I think there's this cultural idea that if you just work hard and wait, good things will come to you. And I think that there's a huge part of that that's really beautiful. And it's, I think it's part of what makes the Hispanic culture so marked by humility is just this idea that you can work hard and serve and just wait for good things to come your way. And they often do. But but I also think that there are some industries where we need to work hard and not wait. You know, work hard and, and don't don't wait for some record label to come and like offer you this big deal. Like put it out yourself. Start serving where and when you can. Um, and don't be afraid to step into spaces where there's nobody really there that looks like you that that's okay. God, God, God is calling you into places where you need to be and where God guides, he provides. Thank you, Mariah. Thank you. It's so lovely to see your face um, and to see the fruit of your faithfulness and your hard work. Congratulations. This, this uh, interview will come out to coincide with this, with the EP release. So everyone go and get live from the quarry right now. You're welcome. Links are in the show notes. (laughs) Thank you so much, Mariah. Thank you, Jessica. It was so nice to see you in person. And I hope that I get to see you in person, person at some point, not just on a screen. It'd be great to see you here in Nashville. That would be great. Yes, that would be wonderful. (laughs) All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. It seems safe to ask these questions here. Some say you won't tolerate my fears And that my doubts will somehow separate me from you But this could not be further from the was so fun to finally talk to Mariah face to face. As I've said multiple times, in the earlier days of the podcast, we just did everything by audio, which uh, made any connection like 
like it was special but actually seeing someone's face well you know it's so different it's like oh well friends this is fun like an actual conversation um so it was delightful to be able to speak with Mariah. Thank you for your time. Um, Congrats on the release of this EP. I can't think of a better way to wrap up 2021 and between you and me for this year than with a celebration of your work and of Strongman. So thank you, Mariah. And thank you, friends, for joining in that conversation. That was a lot of fun. You can connect with Mariah now at Mariah Smallbone. You will also find her EP, live from the quarry available on all streaming outlets go check it out and please make sure you tell mariah what today meant to you if you've watched the live performance of the ep which the link will be included in the show notes let her know what you thought and how it made you feel that stuff is really powerful especially when you're an independent artist she's backing herself she's relying on the people around her to back her because what she's creating is beautiful and important and um just because a record label won't necessarily sign her doesn't mean that we shouldn't listen to her. So hang in there with this one. Okay, that's all I have for Between You and Me 2021. Boom, mic drop. Except I won't do that because my mic will break and we don't want that again for the year. Thank you. Thank you for sticking this one out with me, friends. We have done three years of Between You and Me. We've done officially about 110, 111 episodes. We have spoken to some amazing people. I looked at the stats for this year's episode and one, thank you for listening. I get to create something that people listen to and and host conversations that people listen to. That's amazing. But the coolest part for me was the most popular conversations this year were about hard topics. There were topics about like, what happens when I'm the villain in the story? Or what happens when an evangelical discovers that maybe the way they've grown up isn't isn't the only way to live? And how do we address a, a messiah complex? So I want to say a huge thank you to every single artist uh, and friend who opened up and shared their story this year. Ross King, um, specifically, he reached out to me. He had the most popular episode this year and rightfully so. I am so grateful so many of you listened to that challenging episode and again so grateful to our friend Sarah Gerald for listening back to that and giving us her thoughts. Really, really appreciate that as a sensitivity listener. From guests like Tasha Layton to more upcoming or lesser known artists like Erskine who are on the rise or Tematope, we have had worship artists this year like SEU Worship who if you're not listening to them yet, do go and listen to them. There have been amazing people this year really stories that have been a real privilege to host and to share and a lot of work has been done on my heart this year by God through these conversations and the grace extended to me so thank you for being part of that conversation thank you for believing in healing and hope and thank you for loving truth and hope and God in a way that leads you to love his people Or at least thank you for coming to the table with your story and with your heart and with your ears because you believe that people matter and because you believe that that love conquers all. This is all I have for 2021. I promise we will be back in the new year with an incredible band. Cannot wait for you to hear this one. So make sure that you press subscribe because that's going to land in your inbox and you want to hear it. All right, that's all I have, friends. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
for doing 2021 with the Between You and Me podcast. My name is Jessica Morris. I will see you in 2022. Thank God for hope. It's not the end, the end of our story. We took a hit on the road to glory. Our life is filled with highs and lows and things we just don't know. But it ain't over. No, it ain't over. needs the rain wash away all of our pain let the healing begin it's not the same baggage we carry a different hand some of us have been dealt with but in the midst of all the rights and wrongs i know that a hope brings something beautiful Something beautiful. beautiful. Oh, so pick up the pieces of your broken heart that's shattered.
ही 